Holy Word to the book of 2 Chronicles. 2 Chronicles and our text this evening again is this uh, first section of 2 Chronicles. We are going over uh, to the book of Jeremiah again tonight uh, to look at more of the details of what was going on. Uh, I think it helps us uh, get a, a, a better picture, uh, a, a clear understanding of uh, what these kings were thinking and doing. Uh, we have summary statements here in Second Chronicles, and again tonight we're going to look at a couple of particular instances in the life of King Jehoiakim. So uh, please give careful attention as we hear the reading of God's Word in 2 Chronicles chapter 36, beginning in verse 1. The people of the land took Jehoahaz, the son of Josiah, and made him king in his father's place in Jerusalem. Jehoahaz was 23 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned three months in Jerusalem. Then the king of Egypt deposed him in Jerusalem and laid on the land a tribute of a hundred talents of silver and a talent of gold. And the king of Egypt made Eliakim his brother king over Judah and Jerusalem and changed his name to Jehoiakim. But Necho took Jehoahaz his brother and carried him to Egypt. Jehoiakim was 25 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 11 years in Jerusalem. He did what was evil in the sight of the Lord his God. Against him came up Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and bound him in chains to take him to Babylon. Nebuchadnezzar also carried part of the vessels of the house of the Lord to Babylon and put them in his palace in Babylon. Now the rest of the acts of Jehoiakim and the abominations that he did and what was found against him, behold, they are written in the book of the kings of Israel and Judah. And Jehoiachin, his son, reigned in his place. Jehoiachin was 18 years old when he became king, and he reigned three months and ten days in Jerusalem. He did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. In the spring of the year, King Nebuchadnezzar sent and brought him to Babylon with the precious vessels of the house of the Lord and made his brother Zedekiah king over Judah and Jerusalem. Zedekiah was 21 years old when he began to reign. And he reigned 11 years in Jerusalem. He did what was evil in the sight of the Lord his God. He did not humble himself before Jeremiah the prophet, who spoke from the mouth of the Lord. He also rebelled against King Nebuchadnezzar, who had made him swear by God. He stiffened his neck and hardened his heart against turning to the Lord, the God of Israel. All the officers of the priests and the people likewise were exceedingly unfaithful. 
following all the abominations of the nations. And they polluted the house of the Lord that he had made holy in Jerusalem. The Lord, the God of their fathers, sent persistently to them by his messengers because he had compassion on his people and on his dwelling place. But they kept mocking the messengers of God, despising his words and scoffing at his prophets until the wrath of the Lord rose against his people until there was no remedy. Thus ends the reading of God's very word. Father, we ask that you would come now by your blessed Holy Spirit and these examples that you have recorded from the history of these last kings of Judah. Lord, that you would alarm us to see their blatant rejection of your word. And that, Lord, you would stir us up to be those who run to you, Lord Jesus, the living word of God. And that we would embrace you and love you and trust in you with all our heart anew this night. And we would delight in the word of your mouth, the Holy Scriptures. Lord, show us how wicked and foolish it is to reject your word. In Jesus we pray, amen. King Josiah, uh, a godly king, a great king. He uh, dies as a young man because he did not listen and heed the word of God, even in the mouth of a pagan king. His son becomes king, and he reigns three months. He does what is evil in the sight of the Lord. He is removed and carried off as a trophy to Egypt. And the king of Egypt made Eliakim, his brother, king over Judah and Jerusalem and changed his name to Jehoiakim. Verse 5 of our text tells us Jehoiakim was 25 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 11 years in Jerusalem. He did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. And the Lord stirred up Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, to come and capture Jehoiakim and took him away in chains to Babylon. And so it's easy for us to read that. Eleven years, that's a long time. And when we read, he did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, we think, well, that was not good. But turn with me to the book of Jeremiah. Now, as I mentioned this morning, the book of Jeremiah is not all written in chronological order. Um, Jeremiah did not make a mistake uh, in the way this book is arranged, of course. 
Uh, this is God's holy, infallible, inerrant word. It's arranged thematically. And Jeremiah now is writing and picking particular events uh, during this period of time. We saw uh, in looking at the revival that broke out in Josiah's day uh, that God uh, used the preaching of the gospel. And Jeremiah was one of those men that God raised up to proclaim the gospel. And you can go back to chapter 1 of Jeremiah. And we read in verse 1, The words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah, one of the priests who were in Anathoth, in the land of Benjamin, to whom the word of the Lord came. In the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah, in the thirteenth year of his reign. It came also in the days of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, and until the end of the eleventh year of Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, until the captivity of Jerusalem in the fifth month. Well, let's go, and we saw last Lord's Day in Jeremiah chapter 35, uh, a word that God sent through the mouth of his prophet to rebuke and correct the people of Israel, including the king, uh, that they were not showing honor to the Lord. Uh, they were not treating his word with repentance and faith, with respect, with honor. In Jeremiah chapter 26, we read in verse 1, In the beginning of the reign of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, this word came from the Lord. And so here we have at the beginning of Jehoiakim's reign a little glimpse of one of those examples that is mentioned uh, there at the end of the text in Second Chronicles that the Lord had sent persistently over and over uh, his prophets to preach the gospel calling the people to look to the Christ, to repent of their sin. In the beginning of the reign of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, this word came from the Lord. Thus says the Lord, Stand in the court of the Lord's house and speak to all the cities of Judah that come to worship in the house of the Lord. All the words that I command you to speak to them, do not hold back a word. It may be they will listen, and everyone turn from his evil way, that I may relent of the disaster that I intend to do to them because of their evil deeds. Here we see the compassion of God Almighty. We see the Lord sending yet another prophet to come, pleading with the people to turn. Verse 4, you shall say to them, thus says the Lord, if you will not listen to me to walk in my law that I have set before you and to listen to the words of my servants, the prophets, whom I send to you urgently, though you have not listened, then 
I will make this house like Shiloh, and I will make this city a curse for all the nations of the earth. In other words, Jerusalem was going to be destroyed. The priests and the prophets and all the people heard Jeremiah speaking these words in the house of the Lord. And when Jeremiah had finished speaking all that the Lord had commanded him to speak to all the people, then the priests and the prophets and all the people laid hold of him, saying, You shall die. Why have you prophesied in the name of the Lord, (coughs) saying, This house shall be like Shiloh, and this city shall be desolate without inhabitant? And all the people gathered around Jeremiah in the house of the Lord. When the officials of Judah heard these things, they came up from the king's house to the house of the Lord and took their seat in the entry of the new gate of the house of the Lord. And then the priests and the prophets said to the officials and to all the people, This man deserves the sentence of death because he has prophesied against this city as you have heard with your own ears. Now, it is striking. The message was, God has sent me with a message calling you to repent of sin and turn to the Lord so that you won't be destroyed. If you persist in this path, then the Lord will destroy this city. Verse 12, then Jeremiah spoke to all the officials and all the people saying, the Lord sent me to prophesy against this house and this city. All the words you have heard and now therefore mend your ways and your deeds and obey the voice of the Lord your God and the Lord will relent of the disaster that he has pronounced against you. He repeats it. He not only said it to begin with, but when they say this man deserves to die. He has spoken words that we don't want to hear. He has said that God is going to destroy this city. Jeremiah says, well, that's part of what I said. But the reason why God is announcing that his judgment will fall on this city is because of the way you're living. That you have turned your back on the living God and you've gone after false gods and you've embraced their faulty lies. Verse 14, but as for me, behold, I am in your hands. Do with me as seems good and right to you. Only know for certain that if you put me to death, You will bring innocent blood upon yourselves and upon this city and its inhabitants. For in truth, the Lord sent me to speak all these words in your ears. Then the officials and all the people said to the priests and the prophets, This man does not deserve the sentence of death, for he has spoken to us in the name of the Lord our God. And certain of the elders of the land arose and spoke to all the assembled people, saying, Micah Amorsheth prophesied in the days of Hezekiah, king of Judah, and said to all the people of Judah, Thus says the Lord of hosts, Zion shall be plowed as a field, Jerusalem shall become a heap of ruins, and the mountain of the house a wooded height. Did Hezekiah, king of Judah, and all Judah put him to death? 
Did he not fear the Lord and entreat the favor of the Lord? And did not the Lord relent of the disaster that he had pronounced against them? But we are about to bring great disaster upon ourselves. There was another man who prophesied in the name of the Lord, Uriah the son of Shemiah from Kiriath-Jerim. He prophesied against this city and against this land in words like those of Jeremiah. And when King Jehoiakim, with all his warriors and all the officials, heard his words, the king sought to put him to death. But when Uriah heard of it, he was afraid and fled and escaped to Egypt. Then King Jehoiakim sent to Egypt certain men, Elnathan the son of Achbor, and others with him, and they took Uriah from Egypt and brought him to King Jehoiakim, who struck him down with the sword and dumped his dead body into the burial place of the common people. But the hand of Ahiakim, the son of Shaphan, was with Jeremiah so that he was not given over to the people to be put to death. Now that gives you just a little glimpse in what was going on at the beginning of the reign of Jehoiakim. Well, uh, let's look at Jeremiah chapter 25. Jeremiah chapter 25. Now, you remember I told you this book of Jeremiah is not arranged chronologically. Chronologically. And chapter 26 is at the beginning of his reign. And if you look at the beginning of chapter 25, verse 1, the word that came to Jeremiah concerning all the people of Judah in the fourth year of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah. That was the first year of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, which Jeremiah the prophet spoke to all the people of Judah and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem for 23 years, from the 13th year of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah, to this day the word of the Lord has come to me, and I have spoken persistently to you, but you have not listened. You have neither listened nor inclined your ears to hear, although the Lord persistently sent to you all his servants, the prophets, saying, Turn now every one of you from his evil way and evil deeds and dwell upon the land that the Lord has given you and your fathers from of old and forever. Do not go after other gods to serve and worship them or provoke me to anger with the work of your hands. Then I will do you no harm. Yet you have not listened to me, declares the Lord, that you might provoke me to anger with the work of your hands to your own harm. And therefore thus says the Lord of hosts, because you have not obeyed my words, behold, I will send for all the tribes of the north, declares the Lord, and for Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, my servant, and I will bring them against this land and its inhabitants, and against all these surrounding nations, I will devote them to destruction and make them a horror, a hissing, and an everlasting desolation. Moreover, I will banish them 
uh, from them the voice of mirth, the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom, and the voice of the bride, the grinding of the millstones, and the light of the lamp. This whole land shall become a room and a waste, and these nations shall serve the king of Babylon seventy years. And then after seventy years are completed, I will punish the king of Babylon and that nation, the land of the Chaldeans, for their iniquity, declares the Lord, making the land an everlasting waste. I will bring upon that land all the words that I have uttered against it. Everything written in this book, which Jeremiah prophesied against all the nations, for many nations and great kings shall make slaves, even of them, talking about the Babylonians. And I will recompense them according to their deeds and the work of their hands. Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, thus the Lord, the God of Israel said to me, take from my hand this cup of the wine of wrath and make all the nations to whom I send you drink it. They shall drink and stagger and be crazed because of the sword that I am sending among them. So I took the cup from the Lord's hand and made all the nations to whom the Lord sent me drink it. Jerusalem and the cities of Judah, its kings and officials, to make them a desolation and a waste, a hissing and a curse, as at this day. Pharaoh, king of Egypt, his servants, his officials, all his people, and all the mixed tribes among them, all the kings of the land of Uz, and all the kings of the land of the Philistines, Ashkelon, Gaza, Ekron, and the remnant of Ashdod, Edom, Moab, and the sons of Ammon, all the kings of Tyre, all the kings of Sidon, and the kings of the coastland across the sea, Dedan, Tema, Buzz, and all who cut the corners of their hair, all the kings of Arabia, and all the kings of the mixed tribes who dwell in the desert, all the kings of Zimri, all the kings of Elam, all the kings of Media, all the kings of the north, far and near, one after another, and all the kingdoms of the world that are on the face of the earth, and after them the king of Babylon shall drink. Thus you shall say to them, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Drink, be drunk, and vomit. Fall and rise no more because of the sword that I am sending among you. And if they refuse to accept the cup from your hand to drink, then you shall say to them, Thus says the Lord of hosts, You must drink. For behold, I begin to work disaster at the city that is called by my name. And shall you go unpunished? You shall not go unpunished, for I am summoning a sword against all the inhabitants of the earth, declares the Lord of hosts. And so the Lord announced this cup of wrath. This cup is referred to again in the Holy Scripture. It is the cup of God's wrath. It is the cup that the Lord Jesus agonized over the night before he went to the cross. Father, if it's possible, let this cup be taken from me, yet not my will but thine be done. The gospel was proclaimed. 
Josiah was gone. And now his sons refused to heed the word of the Lord. Well, turn with me over to Jeremiah chapter 36. Jeremiah chapter 36. And again, uh, here is a little glimpse in what was going on with this arrogant, foolish, wicked king walking in unbelief. In the fourth year of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, this word came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Take a scroll and write on it all the words that I have spoken to you against Israel and Judah and all the nations from the day I spoke to you, from the days of Josiah until today. It may be that the house of Judah will hear all the disaster that I intend to do to them so that everyone may turn from his evil way and that I may forgive the iniquity of their sin. Now you remember the theme verse that we have seen that outlines the book of 2 Chronicles. And I want you to turn back quickly with me to 2 Chronicles chapter 7. This is a very famous verse. And sadly, most people are not aware uh, of its place uh, in the book of 2 Chronicles as the outline that either describes the revivals that took place by the grace of God uh, in the uh, uh, history of various kings or the judgment that came upon the people uh, because of the unbelief. The refusal. This is the answer of God Almighty to King Solomon. He has built the temple. He prayed that God would bless the temple to be used as a tool in God's hand, as a meeting place so that the people could be reconciled with the living God and with each other in the Christ. And so we read, in verse 12 of chapter 7, Then the Lord appeared to Solomon in the night and said to him, I have heard your prayer and have chosen this place for myself as a house of sacrifice when I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain or command the locusts to devour the land or send pestilence among my people. If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, and will forgive their sin, and heal their land. Now my eyes will be open, and my ears attentive to the prayer that is made in this place. For now I have chosen and consecrated this house, that my name may be there forever. My eyes and my heart will be there for all time. And as for you, if you will walk before me as David your father walked, doing according to all that I have commanded you and keeping my statutes and my rules, then I will establish your royal throne as I covenanted with David your father, saying, You shall not lack a man to rule Israel, but if you turn aside and forsake my statutes and my commandments that I have set before you and go and serve other gods and worship them, then I will pluck you up from my land that I have given you. And this house that I have consecrated for my name I will cast out of my sight. 
and I will make it a proverb and a byword among all peoples. And at this house which was exalted, everyone passing by will be astonished and say, Why has the Lord done thus to this land and to this house? And then they will say, Because they abandoned the Lord, the God of their fathers, who brought them out of the land of Egypt and laid hold on other gods and worshipped them and served them. Therefore, he has brought all this disaster on them. And so the prophets kept pleading with the people, heed the word of the Lord. And so at the beginning of uh, Jeremiah chapter 36, in the fourth year of Jehoiakim, Jeremiah has another word from the Lord. And he comes and the Lord tells him, take a scroll and write on it all the words that I have spoken to you against Israel and Judah and all the nations from the day I spoke to you from the days of Josiah until today. It may be that the house of Judah will hear all the disaster that I intend to do to them so that everyone may turn from his evil way and that I may forgive their iniquity and their sin. Then Jeremiah called Baruch the son of Neriah, and Baruch wrote on a scroll at the dictation of Jeremiah all the words of the Lord that he had spoken to him. And Jeremiah ordered Baruch, saying, I am banned from going to the house of the Lord. Now I want you to notice that. Things have devolved to the point now where Jeremiah, by the order of the king, is no longer permitted to go to the place where God's people would come to meet the Lord and hear the word of the Lord. Jeremiah is banned from going. But the word of the Lord cannot be stopped. And so Jeremiah dictates the word to Baruch. And here's what he told Baruch. Verse 6. Jeremiah ordered Baruch saying, I am banned from going to the house of the Lord, so you are to go. And on a day of fasting in the hearing of all the people in the Lord's house, you shall read the words of the Lord from the scroll that you have written at my dictation. You shall read them also in the hearing of all the men of, the, of Judah who come out of their cities. It may be that their plea for mercy will come before the Lord. And that everyone will turn from his evil way. For great is the anger and wrath that the Lord has pronounced against this people. And Baruch the son of Neriah did all that Jeremiah the prophet ordered him. About reading from the scroll the words of the Lord in the Lord's house. In the fifth year of Jehoiakim the son of Josiah, king of Judah, in the ninth month, all the people in Jerusalem and all the people who came from the cities of Judah to Jerusalem proclaimed a fast before the Lord. And then in the hearing of all the people, Baruch read the words of Jeremiah from the scroll in the house of the Lord in the chamber of Gemariah, the son of Shaphan, the secretary, which was in the upper court at the entry of the new gate of the Lord's house. When Micaiah, the son of Gemariah, son of Shaphan, heard all the words of the Lord from the scroll, he went down to the king's house, into the secretary's chamber, and all the officials were sitting there. 
Elishma, the secretary, Deliah, the son of Shimeiah, Elnathan, the son of Akmor, Gemariah, the son of Shaphan, Zedekiah, the son of Hananiah, and all the officials. And Micaiah told them all the words that he had heard when Baruch read the scroll in the hearing of the people. And then all the officials sent Jehudai, the son of Nethaniah, the son of Shelemiah, son of Cushai, to say to Baruch, Take in your hand the scroll that you read in the hearing of the people and come. So Baruch, the son of Neriah, took the scroll in his hand and came to them. And they said to him, Sit down and read it. So Baruch read it to them, and when they heard all the words, they turned to one another in fear. And they said to Baruch, We must report all these words to the king. Then they asked Baruch, Tell us please, how did you write all these words? Was it at his dictation? Baruch answered them, He dictated all these words to me while I wrote them with ink on the scroll. And then the officials said to Baruch, Go and hide. You and Jeremiah, let no one know where you are. Now, these officials, they said, when, when the king reads this, you don't want to be found. So Baruch, you go hide Jeremiah and don't tell anybody where you're going to hide. So they went into the court to the king, having put the scroll in the chamber of Elishama, the secretary, and they reported all the words to the king. This is King Jehoiakim. Then the king sent to Jehudai to get the scroll, and he took it from the chamber of Elishama, the secretary, and Jehudai read it to the king. And all the officials who stood beside the king, it was the ninth month. And the king was sitting in the winter house, and there was a fire burning in the fire pot before him. As Jehudai read three or four columns, the king would cut them off with a knife and throw them into the fire in the fire pot until the entire scroll was consumed in the fire that was in the fire pot. And so as this arrogant, wicked king hears the message from the mouth of God Almighty through his servant, Jeremiah. What did this king do? He took a penknife, little knife, and he would just cut a, a section that had been read off. Here's what I think of that. And he would take that portion of the word of God and throw it in his little fire that was keeping them warm until the whole book was consumed. Verse 24, Yet neither the king nor any of his servants who heard all these words were afraid, nor did they tear their garments. Even when Elnathan and Deliah and Gemariah urged the king not to burn the scroll, he would not listen to them. There were godly, bold men standing there who said, hey, King, don't, you, you don't want to cut this cut this." A word from the Lord up and throw it in the fire. And the king commanded Jeremiel, the king's son, and Sariah, the son of Azrael, and Shelemiah, the son of Abdiel, to seize Baruch the secretary and Jeremiah the prophet, but the Lord hid them. Now after the king had burned the scroll with the words that Baruch wrote at Jeremiah's dictation, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. Take another scroll 
and write on it all the former words that were in the first scroll, which Jehoiakim, the king of Judah, has burned. And concerning Jehoiakim, king of Judah, you shall say, Thus says the Lord, You have burned this scroll, saying, Why have you written in it that the king of Babylon will certainly come and destroy this land and will cut off from it man and beast? Therefore, thus says the Lord concerning Jehoiakim, king of Judah, he shall have none to sit on the throne of David, and his dead body shall be cast out to the heat by day and the frost by night. And I will punish him and his offspring and his servants for their iniquity. I will bring upon them and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem and upon the people of Judah all the disaster that I have pronounced against them, but they would not hear. Then Jeremiah took another scroll and gave it to Baruch the scribe, the son of Neriah, who wrote on it at the dictation of Jeremiah all the words of the scroll that Jehoiakim, had, uh, king of Judah, had burned in the fire, and many similar words were added to them. And so what do we learn from this? Well, wicked kings can't destroy the word of God. Praise God. And that's a comfort to us in our day. There are many, many people in positions of worldly-seeming power that do not like the truth of the gospel. Uh, we need not stand in awe of them or fear them. Yes, it may be that like Baruch and Jeremiah uh, it, it, there's need to hide at times. God's people have had to do so over and over, like the, the brothers and sisters in Christ in North Korea and China today. Uh, they have to meet secretly, and that may be what we are facing. I do not know. Uh, but praise God, his word will stand. Just because wicked, arrogant kings may take it and cut it up and throw it in a fire, it will stand forever. And we see in these chapters how compassionate the Lord is. We see him sending prophets over and over, calling the people, and he calls us uh, to run to Jesus uh, that he might drink the cup of wrath so that we won't have to. But make no mistake about it, the holy, holy, holy God of Scripture, the true and the living God, he will have justice. And either we will pay for our own sin for eternity in hell, or we will turn to Jesus and trust in him, and he takes the cup of wrath. That sacrifice that he made, as he cried upon the cross, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He was drinking the cup of wrath for his sheep. How we praise God for the word of God written, we take our stand upon it. We want to be eager to listen to it, to heed it, 
when God convicts us of sin, uh, we want to have a soft heart that repents quickly and says, Lord, forgive me. I, I want to follow you. We want to rejoice that our God is at work. Now, the Lord did raise up Nebuchadnezzar. And in Jehoiakim's day, he removed some of the people from the land. There were some young men, Daniel, Azariah, Mishael, and Hananiah. And we know them better as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. In 607 B.C., this judgment came upon Jerusalem. It was not destroyed at that time, but it was captured. And Jehoiakim was carried off to Babylon in chains because he did not heed the word of the Lord. God is giving us his gospel this night so that we would not perish. And may the Lord stir us up to see what urgency we ought to have in sharing the message of life and hope. Not only in our own homes, with our own children and grandchildren, but neighbors, people at work. The gospel is true. God calls all men everywhere to repent. Flee to Jesus so that we will not perish. So that we will not have to drink the cup. Praise God, Jesus drank that for his little lambs. Let's pray. Father, we, we are stunned at, at, at the arrogance, at, at the stubbornness, uh, at the foolishness of Jehoiakim uh, and the people in his day. A Lord, taking the, the, the written word of God and cutting it up and burning it, uh, Lord, we beg that you would give us soft and tender hearts toward you. And that, Lord Jesus, we would delight to trust in you to be our righteousness. We thank you that uh, this cup of wrath that you gave to the nations, it was just a little taste of the, of the judgment on the great day. Uh, Lord, the, the, the second death, the eternal death in the lake of fire. And Lord Jesus, how we glory that you drank that cup uh, for uh, your sheep. And Lord, that you are calling uh, us this night anew to hold fast to you, we who have trusted in you. And Lord, if there are any who have not, that they would uh, repent, they would turn uh, from living against you and embrace you, Lord Jesus. Father, we pray for the gospel to go forth with great power all over in our land, the other nations of the world. Oh Lord, we thank you that you are the judge of all the earth and you still are at work in this fallen world and we tremble for our own nation, Lord, and pray that you would pour forth your spirit upon the people of, of the land in our day uh, to repent 
uh, to heed your word, to turn from sin and turn to you, Lord Jesus, embracing you, confessing Jesus is Lord and believing in our heart that you have raised your son from the dead. And so, Lord, we delight in you. We thank you for the Holy Scriptures. Uh, we thank you, Lord, for the joy that we have to be reading through the Bible together. Lord, as we read about the great deliverance that you wrought uh, in the days of Moses, rescuing your people uh, from a hopeless situation, from a human perspective, slaves in Egypt. And how that is just a little glimpse, a little picture of the great exodus that you have accomplished, Lord Jesus, by your work of living a perfect life and dying upon the cross. And you are now calling us to trust in you. We love you, Lord. We love each other. Bless as we sing and as we conclude our worship this evening. In Jesus we pray. Amen.